Let's go a Viking on Viking Hot Takes. Russell Wilson doesn't want to trade. But if he got traded, why not Chicago, he says. <laughs> Someone make it make sense. The Bears are on Wilson's shortlist. That happened today. But now it's time for Viking Hot Takes. The fast-moving Minnesota Vikings talk show. We've got Eric Thompson from the Daily Norseman. We've got me, Flip Mozzie, from Climbing the Pocket. And we've got fans in the comments. So buckle up. Let's go. Let's hear from y'all. Get in that chat. But most importantly, Eric, how are you, good sir? I'm doing well. And yeah, that Russell Wilson stuff. Can we just have one quarterback that terrorizes the Vikings every year in the division? I mean, the, Wilson beats the Vikings once a year, <laughs> every year. I, I don't want it twice a year. Let's let's keep uh, let's let's try to keep Trubisky there at all costs. So, but yeah, otherwise going well. Just uh, trying to endure the off season, reading through all the mock drafts, reading through the mock mock drafts, reading through people mocking mm-hmm. mock drafts. So, it is the season. <laughs> it is the season for mock draft season. Uh, We got the Mock Draft Monday show, but we're here now on Thursday, and we're going up on the podcast on Friday. So, Dave, let's get the timer on the clock. Y'all know how it works. 20 minutes, six questions. Skull Vikings and Eric, I'm coming at you once, once Dave puts the time up. All right. All right, let's do this. Two, one. We start where Vikings fans always like to start. On the offensive line, veteran tackle Riley Reef coming off his best year in purple. His cap number is 15 million for 2021. And the Vikings can save almost $12 million if they cut the 33 year old blocker. So, Eric, keep or cut Riley Reef? It is a agonizing question because. Reef was probably the most consistent blocker they had in tw- in the 2020 season. He, uh, he did everything you could have asked a left tackle for. He wasn't, you know, top three or an elite left tackle, but especially after taking the pay cut that he did, he was very consistent, really good pass blocking, uh, uh, just fine in the run. And I kind of tend to maybe keep him because I feel like that plan is just more straightforward than the alternative. Because if you do cut Riley Reef, yes, you save that money. Okay, what are you doing at left tackle? Do you move Ezra Cleveland there? Is he ready after being kind of, well, way up and down as, as a guard and maybe playing out of position in his rookie year? Do you move Brian O'Neill to left tackle when you have a pretty good thing going on at right tackle the last two years? So it's it's really hard. And again, Reef already took his pay cut. So if he prices himself out of the Vikings, more power to him. Good for him. He's, he's earned it. He took that pay cut and uh, the, he was kind of the only, uh, he and, O'Neal were basically the only two uh, dependable people on that line. So that's it's just more of a, a of a consistency thing for me. Yes, it probably is overpaying a bit, especially with the, the cap gymnastics they'll have to do it in other places on the team. But I just don't know how they're going to address it if he does leave. Yeah, it's uh, there's going to be full agreement here. Even the even Mary and Cliff in the comments are saying keep. It's a must keep for me at full salary. You just can't even risk it like they did in August because 
we haven't seen Ezra Cleveland at tackle and we already have a huge hole at offensive guard anyways, before you move Ezra Cleveland, like you said. So, you know, the Vikings need to fix the offensive line and cutting reef would be a clear step in the wrong direction. I think the offensive line fix is actually easier than some people are making it out to be. And it starts with keeping Riley Reef. Again, don't even ask this guy to restructure or threaten to cut him because you you honestly have no leverage in the situation where the Vikings are right now. Yeah, it's it's going to be a difficult proposition, but yeah, it it just the I think the alternative is even harder. So, yeah, it's it hopefully they find a way to to keep him around because again, there are a lot of other questions on that line that they'll have to address first. Yeah. All right. Question number two. Okay. My first one. So we might be staying in the offensive line. It might be going other places here. Which realistic free agent signing would help the Vikings the most this off season? Yeah. You know, Eric, I'm noticing a trend. You always say realistic in these questions, which I, which I like, cause you know, you got to rein me in. We're already uh, doing the hot takes. So we, but we still want to keep it in the realm of reality. Yes. William Jackson three times. The Vikings need to look for veterans, you know, that rectify some of these draft failures. And I say failures intentionally might sound a bit harsh, but I think everyone will understand when we get to the next question. And, you know, cornerback is just one of those spots. Jackson, unrestricted free agent after four years with the Cincinnati Bengals. His best years there were his first two years where he was healthy. He was injured his first year, 2016, but then he played great football in 2017 and 2018 under Paul Gunther, a coach who was now on the Vikings staff. And, you know, as the Bengals purge players from this past regime they had as a transition from Marvin Lewis players to Zach Taylor players, I think there's a bunch of good options from that defense, including William Jackson. He's a guy who can reclaim his career and lock down an outside corner spot for Minnesota as the young guys, you know, Cameron Dantzler and Jeff Gladney continue to grow. Um, And the Vikings are reportedly interested, so it makes a lot of sense. He's currently valued between $6 million and $7 million on over the cap and sport track. I think that value is a little bit light, and so that's where it might not be realistic for the Vikings to pursue him. But if you can bring William Jackson in a veteran corner for $8 million or less, that's not extremely pricey for a vet at a premium position. And, and, you know, the Vikings already, again, have a solid foundation of youth there. Yeah, I think that definitely fits in the realm of uh, realistic signing. I think that'd be a good mid-level signing. And I think there are going to be a lot of players available with the 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 salary cap maybe not being as high as anticipated, there are going to be a lot of that, the, the mid-level free agents. Did we just lose Eric? I think we lost it. Am I, I still, oh no. Am I still here? I can, I'm. You're back now. (laughs) Okay, it's blurry. Okay, so anyways, going through the so my realistic signing would be um well, I mean Brandon Scherf is is he realistic? Uh, that's pretty borderline. No. I no. think I, I mean especially if you're going to try to keep reef, I you know, putting 30 million dollars on the left side of the line is probably not going to do it. So maybe someone in more the the 
realistic category. Uh, Arif Hassan had mentioned Keelan Cole in a recent article on The Athletic, and I think that he seems like the perfect blend of fit and price tag. That would just that would give a the the wide receiver three that the Vikings have been desperately searching for for the past few seasons to get that third option so they can run more uh, eleven personnel. I think he'd be a really good fit. And, uh, you know, of course, there's the, the Keenan McCardell connection, too, after the Vikings uh, brought him over as wide receivers coach. Uh, he, the familiarity is there. So I, I think that would be a nice fit as well. So what's what's your next one, Flip? Yeah, so so a couple things here. I am I'm vehemently against the Keelan Cole move. It is realistic. Really? But, yes, you know, again, the, the, the free agent market and where the Vikings are, it's about filling holes where you've made past – draft failures and so we need we need youth at wide receiver we don't need like a 26 or 27 year old receiver like we've been trying to do the past few years with Tajay Sharp and all these veterans um Adam Thielen's turning 30 years old so if you really want to supplement your 11 personnel package you can do that with a young guy who can come in and be a guy who you control for four years rather than just one year, because let's be honest, there's no reason to pay four or $5 million for a receiver that the Vikings are only going to use, you know, on 30% of offensive snaps. So this is about, yeah, go ahead. If they they bring in a wide receiver three, whether it's in the draft or free agency, you would think, I mean, you'd hope that they would actually (laughs) use the, use the guy, but yeah, if they're going to run the same offense, then yeah, who cares that then the wide the third wide receiver barely matters unless someone gets hurt from the top two. Yeah. This is this is hopefully Clint Kubiak using the best of his personnel. But yeah, if they're if they're going to overpay someone to play thirty cents thirty percent of the snaps, that makes no sense at all. Yeah. But we will probably talk about. Uh, so maybe I I think I might uh, anticipate some of your one of my next questions uh, where you might go with that. So that's that's I I, I I'm okay on the call thing if we go somewhere else in the draft. That's all right. Okay. Okay. Well, we can okay. we can. We can go. We can go down the road, but I'm not going to agree on the cold thing. Maybe we just talk <laughs> about it on another show because we sure. only got 11 minutes left. Let's uh, let's go. So I, I'm I'm I just mentioned William Jackson. We're going to stay at cornerback. Let's talk about it. Former first round pick Mike Hughes. In three seasons, he's appeared in 24 games with seven starts. So that's 50 percent of possible games played. Uh, 2020 was a make or break year for Mike Hughes. So Eric, you tell me, cause he was injured a lot too, but when healthy, did Mike Hughes play well? He played okay, but again, it's, it's the best ability is availability sometimes. And he does not have that ability through his first three seasons. It's actually, he's, he's missed more than 50% of his games because he missed those two playoff games in 2019 as well. So there's a possible right. 50 games only played 24. So it's, it's one of those I, I have no problem. It seems like the Vikings are not going to offer him the, the fifth year extension before the season or anything like that. They're going to let him play it out a lot like what they did with the Tre- Treadwell. I think it's just going to be it's this. This is the prove it year. If, if he wants a new contract, he's going to have to actually be there and earn it. But I don't think the Vikings can. Ap- there's no way that they can just pencil him in. Oh, yeah, he'll be in the rotation. He'll be a starter. They're going to have to make sure that they have alternative options there because they've had to the last three seasons. He's only he's played. Uh, what do you have? Four games this past season. And none of those were extremely impressive before uh, being out with for the rest of the season with the next injury. So 
yeah, I'm fine with them keeping around this year because it's the last year of a rookie deal and it's not super expensive, but they cannot depend on him to to be in the lineup. They're going to have to have alternatives there. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I got some more questions because I, I don't understand how a guy who just got out of a prove-it year in 2020 gets another prove-it year in 2021. That's more the contract than anything. I mean, it's it, it's just it's it's not a huge expense to keep him on, but it, that's it's that's that's fine. You know, if they want to go somewhere else, I have no, you know, Mike Hughes, if if Mike Hughes is not in the plans in 2021, I'm not going to be heartbroken over it. So let's build on each other because I just said we should bring in a vet cornerback, you know, bring in yep. William Jackson. A lot of Vikings fans agree with that approach, need some depth there. If they do bring in a veteran, whether it's, you know, a William Jackson or a, uh, Man, I haven't even been looking at the free agent list to be honest, because I was just I was like William Jackson, that's my guy. But like even <laughs> like pie in the sky idea, Richard Sherman, or just really any vet corner. Where does Mike Hughes rank on the cornerback depth chart? I mean, the highest you could put him is fourth if they bring someone it's else fourth. in. Because I think so. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. So you think he's already behind Dantzler and Gladney? Until proven otherwise, yeah. I mean, he could definitely be in the mix, and if he's healthy, he's he's shown enough potential. But I think right now, going into the season, he's probably third on the depth chart at the highest. Okay. Okay, and I see fans in the comments, you know, they're coming, people saying they love Keelan Cole, so I'm going to have to take that, fight that one to my grave. You know, people talking about Mike Hughes needs to step up. I love, I love the comments. Keep them coming. Yep. Eric, next question. Okay. So this might touch on the, the where you want to go elsewhere on the, get younger on wide receiver, but uh, who is your single favorite draft crush uh, for the Vikings at the 14th overall pick? Yeah, and so you know, again, we're just starting here at show number five or no, show number four. Look at me getting yep. ahead of myself. <laughs> so you don't quite know this yet, but the whole concept of a draft crush is just not in my DNA as a fan. Uh, I honestly, I'm going to say it bluntly. These pre-draft rankings are stupid. Online mock drafts are dumb. We have a weekly show called Mock Draft Mondays. Maybe y'all should check that out. But I think it's a waste of time setting false expectations for fans. We are Vikings fans. So why in the world would you go out and spend time to get a chance, get attached to players who only have a 3% chance of being an actual (laughs) Minnesota Viking? It's just, it's it's ridiculous. So I see people saying, Zach Wilson, okay, Viking Jerome, have fun cheering for the <laughs> New York Jets next year because Zach Wilson ain't being no Viking, okay? Uh, I, I'll answer the question, though, out of okay, good faith. You got to choose one. Yeah, just choose one. I'll, yeah. answer, I, I'll answer the question. You keep Rashad Bateman in Minnesota. Ooh, the I dude love it. turned down SEC offers to play for the Gophers projects as an NFL starter and the Vikings don't have a second round pick. So he's not going to be there in round three. So you go get your guys and then you dream Jefferson Thielen Bateman. You got one dude who played his college ball in Minnesota. You got another dude who grew up high school and college in Minnesota and you got the third dude, Justin Jefferson, wore, wore the purple and gold in college. Go. So that, that's the <laughs> ideal wide receiver trio. You get Rashad Bateman, you know, Irv Smith, Dalvin Cook in the backfield. Give Clint Kubiak all the toys with some homegrown Minnesota Vikings receivers. Let's go. 
I love it. So I'll go quick through mine since we're at six minutes here and we got a couple of questions yeah. left. Of course, NDSU grad, I have to say Trey Lance, if he's there at 14, run to the podium, yeah. take him. It actually makes a lot of sense. Have him play behind Cousins. Yeah. I know that's probably that's not going to happen. Uh, I like a couple of the edge rushers. I like Quiddy Pay and Gary Rousseau. Um, those mm-hmm. are popular picks, good value, good need for the Vikings. Um, both developmental. Uh, Christian Barmore, I think that's a little high at 14. I think that's a bit of a stretch. And the, the USC guard or the guard tackle, Elijah Vera Tucker. I, I can't get too excited about that one, but I'm with you on the wide receiver. If Jamar Chase yeah. and Devontae Smith are there by some, and I've seen mock drafts there. Again, it's getting the hopes up. I think they'll both probably be gone by 14, but either, either of them mm-hmm. are there. Boom. That's that's three boom. deep 2.0. That is, and, and, and if they can get Bateman a little later, that's, yeah. If Let's get, I want a new poster. I want that 99 poster, re, yes. like 98 poster re, recreated. Get on it, Burger King or whoever made it back in the day. That's, and I, want, lose, I want three wide receivers. Fun. Exactly. Win or lose, let's have some fun. And that would who be needs fun. An, yeah. Who needs an offensive line when someone's wide open half a second into the play every time when you got three guys out there? Let's, yeah, that's, <laughs> exactly. I'm, I'm all in on the wide receiver too. Yeah. All right. All right, Eric, let's close the show out. So two questions left. Going to talk about the NFC real quick because a lot of moves are already happening. So my question is the landscape of the NFC is changing drastically who sits atop the NFC when the dust settles after the draft free agency? Who do you think the top three teams in the NFC are for 2021? I mean, I, I thought about this when you sent them over and it, it's, it feels like such a cop-out, but I, I got to put the top two as Green Bay and Tampa Bay and probably in mm-hmm. that order, unfortunately. Green Bay had kind of a crap draft last year and they still ran away with the division, still made it to the NFC championship game. If they do actually add a wide receiver in a loaded wide receiver free agency and draft class, they're going to be trouble. They're and uh, they're probably going to get rid of. They're probably going to let Aaron Jones walk. If those damn AJ, JJ Watt rumors are true, I I quit. That sucks. If they, they're going to make that would make Packers fans so happy and me so mad on so many levels. But even without those kind of moves, they're just that they, they have Rodgers. They have uh, Devontae Adams. They have a lot of good pieces there they're going to be trouble. Same with Tampa Bay. They're probably going to lose a couple mm-hmm. of their key players, but if they can retain a couple, they'll, they'll be just fine. They, but you have Tom Brady. Apparently you're, you're always in the championship game or better. Um, so for the third one, I guess probably I'm going to have to say the Rams for now, just yeah, because that Cl- offense might be Cliff able to say in the Rams in the comments. Yeah. I, th- yeah. I, I think, I think that offense should be able to do more with Stafford and the defense is stacked. I think, uh, and maybe a couple dark horses might be someone like, Dallas, if they can finally get out of their own way and Dak can stay healthy. I thought they were kind of poised to have a really good season last year before Dak got hurt. So, But, I mean, the top two have to be both of the Bays right now. But, again, that's not surprising. And and the third, I'd I'd put the Rams for now. Yeah, so I had – I got the Bucks and Rams. I do have – I had a sleeper in the Seahawks. But now Russell Wilson's talking about getting – so who even knows? Get – can you imagine right. J.J. Watt on the Packers and Russell Wilson on the Bears? It's just, we got to move to the next question because <laughs> <laughs> can't it's be bad having enough. that. It's bad enough. Yeah, we can. yeah, it really is. It really is. All right, final question, two minutes. Okay, so here is the, the big question heading in. The seats are hot for both Zimmer and Spielman. How many wins does it take in 2021 for Mike Zimmer and probably Rick Spielman, because I think they're kind of a package deal at this point, to keep his job in 2021. And remember, there might be, probably will be 17 games this year. 
Yeah, 17 games. Uh, you say the seats are hot. You ask me, they're not hot enough. So it's easy. <laughs> How many wins will it take to make the playoffs? I mean, is that is that nine wins? Is that 10 wins? I think that's a really low ball. I mean, to be honest, they already thought about firing him after 10 wins, you know, in 2019. So 10 wins, let's say 10 wins, because 2021 is not complicated. It's the same thing we had in 2018, 2019, 2020. Make the playoffs. Mike Zimmer, you can't be the head coach if you miss the playoffs back-to-back seasons. You can't be in purple if you only make the playoffs three times in eight seasons as head coach. And you can't be the head coach if you miss the playoffs three out of the last four years. It's it's that simple. Yep, I, I think it's absolutely playoffs or bust. Yeah, I, it, it I think it starts at ten wins because I think that's probably going to have to get in, especially if they go to to the seventeen game schedule. And the NFC should be good again. And yeah, I just even if you know I could even maybe see it after making the playoffs, and if maybe they're a one and done and they kind of lose in spectacular fashion and get kind of blown out like, you know, something like the 49ers game the last time we saw them in the playoffs. If it, if it's just an embarrassment yeah. and they don't really make much of a game of it, maybe he's out then, too. I think it's going to, it you know, a playoff win, there's absolutely no way. I still would have trouble thinking that the Wilfs would fire Zimmer and Spielman after a playoff season, unless it's something where, you know, like, they, they start out something hot, like they're 10-2, and two, but then they falter down the stretch and get them losing the first round, something like that. But, yeah, it, it's playoffs or bust. I, I, I can't see them retaining both if if they've missed the playoffs again and this is and, and you know this is this is odd year zimmer this is he's supposed to be yeah. there this is this is what he does this is every every other year hopefully they can make it two years in a row but you got to make it one year in a row first so i think that's uh 10 in the playoffs i think we're in agreement there look at that now there's and there timing. is eric you, you got better timing than dave during the intro man <laughs> that's it y'all Episode four of Vikings Hot Takes. I hope y'all enjoyed the show. Like, subscribe, ring the bell. Keep on watching for this short, quick-hitting Vikings football talk action. Eric, so happy to have you on the show again. Had a great time tonight. I hope y'all watching did as well. Do you have any last comments to close them out? Uh, I'm I'm more... I just I want this the I want the draft to happen. I don't want two more months. Yeah. But we we we'd be remiss. We got to give a special shout out to our producer Dave. Congratulations on being a grandpa for the second time. He's heading to New Mexico to meet the, the little one tomorrow. So congrats, man. We're really excited for Dave and the new grandpa. You know, send the pics. I hope we we get we get you and the and the kiddo on the show soon, Dave. Thanks a lot, y'all, and skull Vikes. Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Let's go, everybody.